happening? Am I really here? I've, this is awesome. Um, so uh, I wanted to share something from New York. I wanted to share a story for, from Vice's life, actually. And uh, <laughs> so first night, first day, uh, uh, we get paired up, and Vice gets paired up with the British team. All these guys come from Britain, right? And <laughs> he's like, I don't speak English. Here, take a paper, take a paper. They, they were, so they come back for, for, uh, for, for dinner, and they, you know, they tell us all the crazy Vice stories, and, and this one stands out the most. They go, Vice gets off into the neighborhood, and he's like, Jis, there's demons. <laughs> and, and, and Jess goes, what, what, where? <laughs> where? <laughs> get them, Vice, get them. <laughs> Why said, get them? Come on! <laughs> and uh, we were, we, we were, so, but uh, seriously, uh, one thing that we did learn is that, you know, uh, Metro Ministries offers uh, offers uh, 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 internship, and uh, beyond any other internship, their internship is actually free. The only thing you bring is your own spending money and stuff you want to buy on the weekdays that on the days you don't you don't participate. But uh, uh, the what I want to say was that a lot of people go there because it's free and they get eaten up in the city because the city is really dark. It's a very dark place. There's a lot of craziness. Unless you're right, when you went out there, you said there's demons. That's you're going into the pit of of craziness and. Uh, we got um, to see some fights uh, that, that sparked up so fast from preschoolers, you know, five years old. And, I mean, these kids are, uh, you know, one minute they're sitting there, and the next minute there's like, he's pushing me, don't push me. And, you know, it was like two kids, two rows down. And, and uh, I didn't have, you know, I, you know, I'm not sure if I'm like, am I supposed to stop them? Am I, what, am I, how am I supposed to push through the kids? And where did Katja go? She was sitting right there next to them <laughs> just a minute ago. And all of a sudden this thing blows up, and these kids are, are cursing real foully at each other, five-year-old kids. This kid is just hitting this other kid in the face with his knuckles like, like you'd see on TV, you know, WWE or, or, you know, ultimate cage fighting. It was crazy. And the whole thing stopped. They popped the balloon. Those kids, there was the first time to Yogi Bear, but uh, but we got to see the 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 reality of their lives. And same thing, Alina shared on that bus. We came on that bus, and the bus driver was delayed because of a fight outside, and the, the bus just exploded. And so, uh, you know, it was it was it was uh, a reality that their their ground that they're working is a lot tougher than ours. It's it's and it, it's almost like scary that that uh, that uh, it could become that bad but uh last time i didn't i didn't notice that at, you know much but this time i noticed man they have some tough ground that they're working and um but uh i just wanted to say that you know what's awesome like uh to come to youth and to hear people speak and and to just hit right in your heart you know like that's the most amazing part like when i <laughs> When Vasek comes and he says, you know, he could have shared something, but he shared uh, uh, his heart. He, you know, he saw he saw that you know there's a lot of mechanism, but but the reality of it is they need the power of God to to, to activate. You know, uh, uh, we uh, we got to be a part of the youth service, and it was a good youth service. But uh, there's something that we have 
that I don't think I've, I see anywhere else. And what we have is that, that time to just break before God after every youth service. There's that altar call, and there's that time to just saturate and say, God, whatever your will is, I accept it. And, and I'm sorry, and adjust my life to where it needs to be. That's what makes this the most attractive place for me to want to wanna be every single Friday. And, uh, uh, and you know, uh, I shared on Monday about, you know, uh, you see... You see flaws. You see, uh, I think we, uh, who, who, uh, we heard Pastor Leonid Pisarchuk speak, right? He's talked about, you know, being a Christian, but, but at the same time kind of walking away from God's will or doing something out of your own ambition or, or, or you know, being away from God's perfect will is, is a tragedy that happens to Christians. And, uh, and it's like, I got to see some like uh, some things that I didn't like in the ministry. I, I had to butt heads with a lot of the British team because uh, they they have their own mentality. They have their own understanding. Is especially one guy, Joss, the guy who we saw in the picture with us. He you know he likes to drink. He he likes to tell foul jokes, and he you know it's all you know it's all fun and games for him. You know, but at the end of the day, he came to Metro Ministries to check it out, and he really liked it and and stuff like that. But but uh, and so we're like you know doesn't mix real well when he's telling me his opinion I have to tell him my opinion and then we get into a conflict (laughs) but at the same time you see this massive building starting to rise you know they're they're in the process of remodeling but they they're building this you know this big huge project to house all these students and to expand more in the ministry and outside the building Weiss, remember I showed you there's a crack in the foundation, right? And we were talking about this with Weiss. They were coming, we just buzzed in the door, and I'm like, but there's a crack, in, and there was a crack in the foundation. We're like, well, this is crazy. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, I know for sure that something bad is going to happen to Metro Ministries, but when you talk with the people on staff, and there's something wrong with their understanding of what God wants, then, then this, it scares me. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that uh, something bad is happening. I'm saying that that we got to see things that we're like, man, in our ministry, you better not have this. In our ministry, you better not have this. In our ministry, man, it, I'm glad we're not big because we can focus more on the foundation. Right? We can focus more on on instilling, uh, uh, being firm in God, and and, and 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 strengthening those pillars before before we get you know another story. And uh, and uh, I really felt uh, at uh, a staff meeting, at a staff meeting when there was a prayer. Like all week, we're so busy, you know, get up early, go to bed late, get up early, go to bed late. You're always running, running, running. And I mean, we barely had enough time to keep up on our Bible reading and, you know, prayer. And and we're, at the end of the week, you're just exhausted and you're wrenched. And the Saturday is an exhausting day. And uh, we just, we were, I'm like already talking to them. I'm like, hey, we got to like, you know, find a room and just pray and like connect with God because I'm, I something like for my spirit and uh that night we had a staff meeting and we just were just worship and thanking god for everything that he did that week and something like broken and, and uh uh on sunday there's just like a confirmation for me the pastor was talking about you know why isn't our church growing why why is why is nobody doing the commission 
you know, the harvest. Where are the harvesters? You know, we're doing all this mechanism outside and we're doing all this stuff, but where is your heart? How come I don't hear people being saved, radically saved? And that's what he's preaching on. And he says, if you have a secret or if you have the truth, you can't keep it to yourself. You have to share it. And, uh, and during that prayer, uh, 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 the youth pastor was praying and the youth pastor was really passionate. He really loves God. He really, he can pray. He's German. His dad was a prayer warrior and something passed on to him and he could pray. And so he was praying and something broke forth in my life and, and I, and, and I uh, really, really got to, got to see that there's a connection between us and them. There is. And God has connected us. And partially is they look at us and go, where did you guys come from? How, who are you guys? They, they look, you know, people come there and they're amazed. At, and, but they come and they look at us and we can keep up with them. We can work hard. We can, we can stay up late. We can, you know, in rehearsals. We can, we can do this. We can stretch ourselves. And they're like baffled. They're like, wow, this is crazy. We love you guys. And we're like, we love you guys. And, 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 but at the same time, I felt in my heart that we have to impart what we know to them. We have to tell them. We have to, you know, and not, a, not like, you know, you guys are blah, 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 in, in, in the humblest way possible with God's timing and God's, and God's perfect will. I, I saw that, you know, uh, they were interested in what made us come out here, what made us, you know, decide to do Yogi Bear in our town. They had so many questions about, you know, wow, this is crazy. You know, they, they, they saw a uh, Mexico uh, or Africa video and, and, and they were they were really excited about you know what that they didn't even know outside of their their metro plans that there's other people with other you know visions and and, and God is raising other crazy crazy youth <laughs> and uh, they were really excited to meet us and so I uh, uh, what I want to say is Vice you're right you're exactly right uh, we can build on mechanism we can build on routine we can build on you know a, skeleton of organization but in the end if God doesn't show up in the end if we have altar calls where God doesn't pour out uh, redemption if God doesn't pour out his mercy and if you don't feel a tangible forgiveness for 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 your sins what's the point and um that I'm going to transition into the word um I had a crazy day today I don't know uh um main question I'm asking myself this last week is, you know, we can be radical out there in Africa and Mexico and, and New York and stuff, but when we come home, where, what happens to our radicalism? We're born to be radical. We're preaching born to be radical. We, we, but what happens to the radicalism in our daily lives? Like, I, for me, I'm asking myself that question. You know, you might be asking yourself that question too. You know, I just said today, she goes, you might be coming to church and figuring out, what am I really doing here? I mean, I don't, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't feel like pursuing God, I, I, you know, I come here to hang out, but even, even, I don't know, you know, and it has to, <laughs> it's a good question, it's a good question to be asking yourself tonight, where is my radical faith, where is my radical life, and, uh, um, we'll start with, uh, Father, you said, uh, you said, uh, uh, the Israelites wandered the desert 40 years and you said it was in Psalm 94 and I'm like no no I'm preaching from Psalm 94 it's not in there how did he find that in there how did I miss that I mean I must be blind I'm like I open it up and I'm like oh it's 95 oh thank God it's tomorrow it's tomorrow but uh, but uh, 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 but that's what I want to talk about 
that tragedy that happened. And um, um, Psalms 94, American 93, Russian uh, 11 says this. The Lord knows all the human plans, and he knows that they are futile. And uh, you guys know what futile means. Futile means unsuccessful, unproductive, useless, does not uh, amount to anything. And uh, um, and it says that God knows that. That God knows right off the bat when you have an ambitious task or goal, you now can be successful. Why? Because it's not according to his will. And God's in control. And that's the truth. Uh, I got to see a movie yesterday uh, with um, my two nephews, and it was uh, God's Not Dead. Anybody see that movie? All right. You know, like the one movie event we have, I'm out of town. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> so I made my own movie event, invited my family, and, and uh, went with Josh and Johnny and, and my sister Ola and Sarah, and, and it was awesome. They really loved the movie and uh, uh, got to tell them about uh, boys bible group and they're excited to come uh, they're going to come for nerf night and um, so everybody be nice okay tell them tell them god loves them and show them okay i'm counting on you guys to work with them all right but uh uh he knows our plans are futile and um uh, in this movie, I think the, the number one thing that hit me out of that movie, those who have seen it, was that God is in control, and he often says no a lot, a lot. And that's what makes an atheist, when God says no. And Christina, man, we got, we got so many preachers rising up here. It's awesome. You know, God says no, it is not an excuse to get mad at God. When God says no, there's a reason, and it might not make sense, and it might not be what you want, but that's God's answer. And uh, uh, he knows our plans are futile. He, he knows that if we just ambitiously take on something, it's, it amounts to nothing. And he knows uh, that, that there's a danger in that. And the danger is when Christianity just becomes normal, when it becomes you know, systematic, when it becomes, oh, well, Friday nights, youth, Sunday nights, this, and we've got to practice, and I do this ministry, and do this ministry, and do this ministry. But... But there's no connection with God. There's no uh, reverence for him. There's no obedience because you can't even hear him. You, can't, you don't even know what he wants for your life. You don't, you don't even ask the question. And uh, uh, there's a couple things that we're reading in Deuteronomy. First of all, one of them, one of the examples was when, uh, when Moses was, was telling the Israelites, okay, God is up on this mountain. They saw the smoke and the thunder and the flames. And he says, let's go up to the mountain and worship God. What do they do? They reacted with, uh, if we go there, we're going to get killed because we're sinners. And, you know, you do that for us. And, 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 and I want to look at this story because it's, re, it's, it's retold in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 17 and four, uh, 14 through 18. Now I'm going to read the whole thing. When you enter the land, the Lord your God is... Uh, hold on. Uh, sorry, it's in 18. 
18.15. The Lord your God will rise up for you a prophet like me. This is Samuel talk, or this is Moses talking to, to Israelites, sorry. Not Samuel, Moses. Uh, like me from among you, from your fellow Israelites. You must listen to him for this is what you asked of the Lord your God at Hirob on the day of assembly when you said, let us not hear the voice of the Lord our God nor see this great fire anymore or we will die. 17 says this, and the Lord said to me, what they said is good. Now, uh, there's God's grace and there's God's good will and then there's God's perfect will, right? Or his, you know, three levels of, of intensity to your Christian life. I want you to know that. There's God's, you know, permissible will. There's God's good will or, you know, something, you know, that you're, you know, you're going to church is good, but then there's God's, there's God's supernatural bullseye on fire for Jesus will. <laughs> and that's what we talk about, born to be radical. That's what we always bring up at youth. That's what we're always going to hear every single Friday. And, and it's never going to get old. Uh, it's going to be the number one thing that we always uh, refocus on is where are we with God? What are we doing in our lives? Are we real Christians? And, uh, and this story is crazy because they had the opportunity to, to almost, I would say, like, become like Moses. They could connect to God. They, they could know him face to face. They, they could go up the mountain, and Moses was inviting them, and they came to the mountain. But then there, there became some kind of hesitation in their life. And they justified it like this. They said, well, we'll die everybody when you come into the presence of God you instantly are nothing and you feel like you're going to die because God is that great but uh, they use that as an excuse well God is that great so we don't want that but basically what they were saying was we don't want to pay the price we don't want to risk it we don't want to be that you know this would be a lot easier for us if you are you know you could be a prophet and whatever you hear from God just tell us what we're going to do right sounds good and God says okay fine that's good. Let that be. If they could do that, let that be. But God knows that, man. <laughs> so this is the most amazing part about God is that he predicts the future by what's inside of us. You know, when, 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 when Jesus was talking to Peter, he says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He wasn't just because he was manipulating the circumstances for Jesus. He knew that Peter's, Peter's faith wasn't strong. He knew that, that if anything would have come down the, the, you know, the chute or any trouble would happen, Peter would quit on him because he was so spontaneous. One day he's this, one day he's this one. And, and Jesus, when he told him that, he, said, he says, you'll deny me three times. No way. Are you kidding me? I'll die for you. I'll do anything. Blah, 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 blah. I'll talk. But the core strength that, that God was looking for wasn't in him. And he says, no, you're not. And, uh, and uh, I, so what I wanted to highlight from this was that, that God's perfect will costs us something. And sometimes we go, well, God's satisfactory will is, is okay too. And we kind of down a gear, you know, like, ah. It's going to be a little less stressful on my life. And I can catch up. I can go study. I can get a better job, blah, blah, blah. You know, got to take care of life, you know. And uh, that's what they did here. And eventually came to that, you know, Moses would tell them something and they would not listen. And that's what it always comes down to. You listen to yourself. And, and that's why 
You got to have a relationship with God. You have to connect with him all the time. And so eventually God got so tired of that, that that's what he decided. He says, man, I'm so tired of holding you guys up and, and telling you guys and, and asking you guys nicely and giving you free will to decide what you want to do, but you still decide to abuse my grace every single time. Why? And he's like, that's it. I'm done. And uh, they all perished in the desert. Um, Deuteronomy 17 was uh, uh, interesting for me because of this. God is telling Moses to tell Israelites about the coming day when they're going to walk into the promised land. And God is predicting something. He says, when you walk in there, I want you to know this. You're going to, first thing you're going to want is a king. And they're, you know, like, you know, I bet you, you know, no, not me, me, no. Why would we need a king? You're, you're whatever. But he says, you're going to want a king. But I'll, I'll allow you to have a king, but know this, that's not my perfect will. That's not the best thing. The best thing is to have God over your life, 100%. Ruling you, deciding where you go, not a king, but God. That's the best thing you could, you could shoot for in life. But he says, okay, I'm going to give you a king, but there's a consequence for it. There's something you're going to have to pay. First of all, it's going to be your sons and your daughters. Everybody's going to be under the dictatorship of one person. And it, that's scary because that one person could go evil or could go good. And they said, and, and he said, Moses, explain that to them. And he explained that to them. And, and they said, no, we still want a king. And we, we read about this in Samuel 8. 8 and uh, let's let's going to skip Deuteronomy 17, 14 through 18 because you guys just read it, but let's read Samuel 8. 1, 8. And I'm just going to go through a couple key verses, okay? So verse 3. Um, there's a, a conflict again. Uh, Samuel is about to die, uh, or he's getting old. He has two sons. Both of his sons are not in God's will. They're doing evil things in the temple as they're serving and uh, the people are kind of freaking out and and they forgot about this whole prediction about God saying they're going to want a king and now they're looking at you know their kingdom and it's you know no no organization no no real structure and they're looking at the kingdoms around them and they're like wow look they have a king look they got a village and it looks really powerful and, and these guys are awesome and we got we got Samuel but Samuel's about to die and his sons are worthless and and we we got to figure something out so it says we got a solution you know, instead of going to God and saying, God, help us out here, we got a solution. And the solution was we need a king. And, and, so, and so God tells Samuel to, to tell them again what the lines are. And he says this. Now appoint, uh, verse, uh, f- verse 5. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. Verse 7, the end of verse 7. It is not you... Or seven, I'll read seven. And the Lord told him, Listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they have rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. As they have done for the as they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, uh, for forsaking me and and my and serving other gods, so they so they are doing that to you as well. And uh and from 8 down to 19, it, it goes through the description of, uh, of what they're going to have to pay. Their sons and daughters are going to be enslaved. They're going to have to work the vineyards. The daughters are going to have to cook. Uh, there's going to be soldiers. This whole restructure of society that's going to happen. And they, he's like saying, you want that to happen? Or you want to have you know, your 
piece of land and, and, and to live according to God's structure and plans. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're freaking out because we don't see it you know, pan out and we want what's around us. It looks better. And so they decide to do that. And so uh, it says in 19, but the people refused to listen to Samuel. No, they said, we want a king over us. And the Lord answered, listen to them and give them a king. There's a few places in the Bible that I can remember where God speaks his will, but the person decides not to listen. And God says, okay, fine, then do that. He agrees with that, per- that person. Remember Val- Valam and Balak, right? And he says, don't prophesy over the people, but the money was so tempting. And then he says, okay, get up and go prophesy, right? And, and, and God, he's like... I'm giving you a choice. What do you choose? Okay, you choose the worst one. Okay, fine. Let it be. You, you can have the worst one <laughs> if you want that. And, uh, and then he makes a decree when they go down this, this path. And, he, and this is where Deuteronomy 18 kicks in where he says, A king, if you want a good king, teach him to not collect horses. Teach him not to have many wives. Teach him not to, not to, uh, not to, not to think he's better than and, and everybody else just because he's king. And on the contrary, when a king, a good king rises, he's to write out the law by hand, his personal Bible, and he's supposed to study from that every day. And that will be a good king. That will be better for you. You know, God is, is still trying to bail them out of this situation that they have, have drawn themselves into. And, uh, uh, and my thought, is, the main thought for tonight is, I don't want that in my life. I, I, don't, I don't want to be that kind of a Christian. I, I, don't, I don't want to live a secondary. I, I'd rather live a crazy life, but uh, something that is worth it and that... that, that puts me in a, a deep relationship with my Lord and Savior, you know, and, and uh, uh, today, a crazy day, I mean, uh, uh, I got up early and uh, didn't have time to, to, to pray well, uh, prayed in tongues for maybe a few minutes and, and asked God to be with me, mercy and grace over my day, and I uh, read the Bible plan, and uh, as my dad was driving to our, our job site, and and we got to the job site, and it was, uh, you know, we came there on time, but the homeowner didn't didn't come till an hour and a half later, and I thought I was just going to bail on the job. And uh, uh, next thing I uh, next thing I know is uh, I'm going to drink my coffee, and in my coffee, there's my dad was transferring seats when we were shifting over, and he stepped he stepped into the chicken coop to to to, to give the chicken feed. He stepped on some poop, and as he was transferring over, his poop landed in my coffee, and, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, this is going to be an amazing day." All I know is, all I know is, I have to finish this job because this homeowner is putting. This homeowner went on vacation. They trusted me with the house to finish the house this this weekend. I can't work Saturday because I have another big job. I have to finish this job, and the other thing I know is that I'm supposed to be prepared and ready to speak to a youth that that is counting on me to bring something from God. And, and this is the beginning of my day. <laughs> next thing, I, next thing I've, we're working with my dad, everything he's doing is, is, is making me irritated and, and upset. And uh, finally, it gets to me where there, everybody know how to work with a hot glue gun, right? You stick in the, the hot glue, and then as you squeeze the trigger, it, it feeds the hot glue in there. But the other day when we were working with the hot glue gun, 
we ha- I have extra large hot glue sticks, and then the hot glue gun has to go in the special case, and the stick's like sticking out of the case, and my dad can't shut it, and he's like, pulled the hot stick out, you know, with the, with the tip all melted, and I said, Dad, don't do that, put that back in, he's like, no, 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 we can shut the case, and I'm like, Dad, you just bend it, and he wouldn't listen to me, so today, he feeds that, that, that stick, but he flips it, and so he has the big ball of, of melted, uh, uh, glue on the end of the thing, and so as it, as I'm squeezing the thing, you know, the, the ball moves closer to the to the gun, and then it jammed in there. And I'm in the like in the middle of a process where hot glue you have like one shot, you know, you got it, and you you I'm sticking uh, uh, baseboards together the corners so they don't fall apart, and and I need more glue, and it's not coming out. And I'm like, Dad, what's wrong with it? And 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 they snap. I'm like, Dad, what are you? What are you? Five? Like, seriously, what? Oh, why don't you ever listen to what I tell you? <laughs> and, and that was it. But then I knew right there, I'm not in God's will. I'm not, I'm not nowhere close to, to, to being sane. And uh, as I'm continuing to work with the floor and I'm putting in some more floor, um, the song pops up into my head, uh, Hell's Bells and Highway to Hell. And I'm singing this in my subconscious or, you know, in the back of my mind, right? And I'm like, why am I singing this song? And I know, man, I'm not in God's will. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. That wasn't right. That's not how you speak to your dad. That's not. No, that, that was crossing every line. Even if, even if he is off or whatever, it's, it's still your dad. And it's still, um, there's a degree of respect that you have to have. And, um. Uh, and I'm like, well, I think I'm going to turn on my phone and just play some other music. You know, I'm going to just, you know, put some Andy Minos on and, and get, you know, I got to finish this floor. I got to get to youth. I got to at least have an hour before I, you know, go through my notes and, and what's on my heart. And and, uh, and all I know is this. If I want the hell's bells to stop, I have to tell my dad I'm sorry because this has been, you know, a lesson from the past, you know. And so I stop everything and I go, Dad. I'm sorry, I, I called you a child, which was totally whack, and and I feel like you know I, I, you deserve an, uh, I, you just, I'm asking you for apology. I'm asking you to forgive me, and I'm asking you sincerely. And uh, he goes, "What? You did? I didn't." <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, yeah, you you didn't have hell's bells and then playing in the back of your head. I did, okay." <laughs> and. and uh, and uh, next thing I know is my life is back on track. You know, I'm finishing the job and, and everything went smooth and I had a couple hours before youth and, and downstairs I'm crying before God because I only have a couple hours. I still don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what, I, what, what God wants me to preach on and I'm just breaking before God because it's like you're running out of, of Christian fumes, you know, and you're about to present yourself in front of your friends and in front of your, your brothers and sisters, but you have no... <sighs> life in you and uh and i was like man where is my radical where is my radical christianity where is it in my life where where is it in me what you know why am i keep reading these stories and i can laugh at them wow they're so stupid blah 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 but then you you do the same thing again and again and again and uh psalms 94 This is the Psalms 93 in Russian Bible. Verse 16. Who will rise up for me 
against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against evildoers? Unless the Lord has given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consultation brought me joy. And I, I come back to the reality as I'm crying before God that if God doesn't show up at our youth services, if God doesn't show up in our prayer, if God doesn't show up in his word as we're reading it, we're living a useless life. We're, we're just doing nothing. We're just, uh, you know, we could, we could accomplish a great task, but then fall away from God so quickly, so fast. And so my biggest desire is just to pray with you guys and, and really... Uh, I'm crying out to God with you. I'm crying out to God to say, God, if you don't show up in our youth, if you don't show up in our school clubs, if you don't show up in our lives, if you don't radically challenge us tonight, what's the point? If you don't, if you don't align us, if you don't fill us with a, a radical strength and power uh, of knowing your Savior, this week is going to go by and nothing's going to happen. We're going to waste another week. We're going to waste another thing. And born to be radical, that, that's who we are, you know. When I was in New York, uh, the kids were—they wanted this bracelet. The kids are, like, "Can I have it?" And I'm like, "I'm trying to hide the black guys and the white guys because I'm like, I don't want to go through that story." <laughs> and uh, I'm, uh, I said, "Do you really want it? Do you really want it? Do you, how bad do you want it? You know, because I would give it to them, but but they got distracted with something else and they they didn't want it. And I was like, okay, but uh, but." I, uh, I'm hungry tonight. I'm really hungry for God. I'm really hungry for God to, to pour out tonight. I'm really hungry to be refreshed in God. I'm really hungry. This is what I've been waiting for. You know, in, in all the trips and everything that, that happens in my life, when it's Friday night and when it's time to just come to God's altar, that's the most best place to be in life. And uh, I uh, want to read this again. Who will rise for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against evildoers? And uh, it's practically impossible. Everything in this world is against you if you're a Christian. Your school is against you. Your, your, uh, your own self is against you. And that's why we have to come to God. That's why we're desperate to be connected to God. That's why we're desperately looking for God tonight. Because realistically, if you leave tonight and, and you don't connect with God, and if you don't get refreshed with God, you know what your week is going to look like. You know that, hey, you know it can be systematic. You know you can finish your Bible plan and you can pray. You know you could invite somebody to school club and, and they probably won't come, so what's the point? And you know this and this and this, and you have it all planned out and you kind of see your whole week out. But what changes that is when you come to youth and, and, and we all decide, let's get crazy for God. Let's do something big for God. Let's stretch ourselves. Let's push ourselves. Let's, let's wait on God and, and see if he'll show up. See if he'll, he'll answer our cries. See if he'll, he'll hear us tonight. You know, um, I'm not pumping you up. I'm not playing some psychological game with you. I'm, I'm saying if you cry out to God that, that he responds. There's moments in the word that says that I'm not going to respond to you anymore. And there's moments like this Friday night that God's waiting to respond to you. He, he's here for you. He's here to, to, to listen to your cry. He's here to, 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 to hear you out. And, um, Kisusha, could you play on the piano? And, uh, unless the Lord 
had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When you think about your life, honestly, if you didn't have God, if you didn't have youth, if you didn't have these interactions, where would you be? I would be dead. You guys know my story. I would be dead. But I believe a lot of you guys probably be in the same position. And when you think of it that way, that's the thought the pastor was, was uh, implying on Sunday. Pastor Tony was implying that thought that, you know, we owe everything to God. Come back to our senses. We owe everything. Everything revolves around God. God is in control. Everything, everything that, that we breathe and think and do should be God. That's what it is to be radical. You know, and you don't have to wait for a youth camp to, to, to be radical again. You just have to get sick and tired of your, your life. And then you have to admit to yourself that, man, I'm not, I'm not where I need to be. I need to be with God. I need to be in, in His presence. I need to be at, at, in front of His altar. And this is that moment. This is that time to, to look for God. This is that time to, to dig in yourself. This is that time to, to stir in yourself and say, God, it's right. It's right. It's, it's right. This word's for me. This, this is you speaking to me. It's not. It's right. That's what I'm going to decide to do tonight. I'm going to decide to, 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 to pursue God with everything and ask God to, to overshadow me, ask God to empower me, ask God to restrain, re, re, restore me, and, then, and strengthen me and, and send me out this week. You know, I, 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 I want to hear the stories again of, uh, of uh, crazy school club stories. You know, uh, I want to hear the, the stories of, of you thought this guy would, would never respond, but, but in your heart there was a burden for him and, 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 and you told him and, and, and it, it, it cost you everything and it, it, he could have made fun of you, he could have jeopardized you, but, but because you were with God, because you, you had the fire of God on you, that, that you stood up to that and you took that challenge and something amazing happened. I believe that's possible in all of your lives. I believe that's possible in my life. You know, I believe that, that it's possible to have a, uh, an amazing Christian school club in a secular high school. But everybody has to be pushing. Everybody has to, has to be on fire. Everybody has to, has, to, has to want something to change in their school. And uh, I believe that when we go to Yogi Bear, that uh, if we were in God's presence and with God's anointing, our heart would react differently to those kids in the situations. Our heart would react differently when we train them, when we, when we teach them, when we, when we, when we uh, hang out with them. Because uh, uh, when God's empowering, it's totally different. And, you know, uh, that's why I'm, again, that's why I'm excited for tonight. I'm excited that that as we come up here to pray, as we, as we just lay our lives down, and as we break before God, that, that something would happen, that a tangible response would happen from God. When I was praying, that's, that's all I wanted. I didn't, I didn't want to speak. I don't know what to say, but, but I want God to say something to you tonight. I want God to react to, to your cry. And then you guys can stand up and, and uh, we'll start praying.